Happy Wednesday, Syracuse fans. This is the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Tyler Aki alongside Tim Leonard, the only place for daily Syracuse Orange podcasts. Today, we've got a little bit of a treat for you. On the phone right now, a 2019 All-American, three-time All-ACC member, one of the best punters, not just in school history, but in ACC history, it's Sterling Hoffrichter. Sterling, congrats on a prolific career at Syracuse. Also, you are the first All-American on this podcast, so congrats on that. And on top of that, you are also episode number 44. So everyone out in Orange Nation is going nuts right now over that little tidbit. But first, with everything that's going on right now, how are you and your family holding up during these times? Oh, we're doing great. Um, just kind of, I don't know, doing kind of basic things at home, just trying to figure out ways to kind of adapt and I don't know, figure out how to kind of get through this without kind of losing touch on anything. I guess you kind of have some experience with this, Sterling, given that you were homeschooled for a while and you know what it's like to kind of be at home and stay productive that way. Is there any advice you'd give to people that are sort of new to working from home right now and trying to get into the swing of things? I don't know. Right now, like, it's weird because a lot of people are they're saying they're bored and stuff, but um, – I mean, there's lots of kind of mo- motivational quotes I've seen, stuff like that around social media about, I mean, there's plenty of ways you can still kind of get better um, in different aspects. Like think of all the free time you have now um, in a sense of that you're always home. So you have kind of all this time to pick up a book and read a book or kind of get better at something, kind of perfect a new craft or kind of learn something you've never uh, had the chance to do before. What's something that you've been doing during this quarantine that maybe a little different out of your your regular routine? Oh, uh, well, I haven't played video games in a while. I just started kind of picking up video games again, um, and then um, I'm trying to read through a couple books right now. But um, just the other day, I kind of moved back into my bedroom, so I've been kind of getting my bedroom all set up for the next couple weeks or however long I'm here. So have you mostly just been laying low for these couple of days, weeks so far? Yeah, I got some schoolwork to do. Um, uh, golf courses are still open here, so I don't know. What, what do you yeah, shoot? Yeah, I just I played 18 this morning. It's the only thing you can do. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, the other day I think I shot, like, my, I usually see around 90s. 90s? Um, okay, see, yeah, you and I, I can hang together. Tim's pretty good. I just got some new clubs that I'm still trying to get used to a little bit, so... Got basically a full What'd new bag. I got some um, tailor made P790 irons, and then I have a oh, Titleist nice. D17 driver, and F19 fairway three wood, and then a I have a two hybrid as well. So those are the newest clubs in my bag. So basically, my whole bag is brand new. Oh, you got the NFL money coming in now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I bet like. I don't know. When I upgraded my driver recently, it was like, holy sh! What was I doing? Because these new drivers are just way better than they used to be. Oh yeah. No, mine. I'm getting. I'm starting to get my driver down. So I had a nasty slice, and I think I also had a regular shaft on my old driver, so I don't think that really helped too much. But my new driver, if I if I hit it, I can hit it pretty well. Um, and I've gotten to where. I've gotten away from the slice. Sometimes I get a fade um, that will still end up in the woods, but it feels better to not hit as big of a slice. So did you play a lot of drumlins too when you were at school? I played drumlins all the time during the season. I think during the season I'd go like every Wednesday and play nine holes. Surprised we didn't yeah. see you. 
and then during the summer when you're technically not supposed to go play i'd go out at like seven o'clock at night because it doesn't get dark till nine and i'd go play right. nine holes or so who is like the foursome with you guys uh, a lot of times i just go solo all um, right i go with but um when i was freshman sophomore year i was use our our foursome would be matt keller um aj derrick and then cody conway okay Oh, um, what are the nice courses that you play around Florida? I play, well, I think I'm going to Orange County National this weekend. There's not as many courses in Tampa as, I'd say, like Orlando. Orlando's more of yeah. the yeah. golfing place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. But I have like a little, I have like a membership to Bloomingdale Golf Course that um, I pay like $10 to play 18 holes. So oh, nice. not not that deal at all. And then free range balls. Are they, do they have like real cups right now? They put uh, they put pool noodles in like the bottom to where it's like a raised cup, basically. So your yeah. ball just kind of hits the flag and sits right there. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. It kind of, I mean, it's kind of nice because like you you're scoring lower, but it's just not as there's like no satisfaction when you make a putt because <laughs> you just yeah. sometimes you don't know if you would have gone in or not. I guess you can't yeah. really ace oh. a hole too, or like cup out from yeah one of my yards. buddies like chipped in today but it's like did he really like it was like 30 yard chip yeah. and i mean it looked like it was going in but it was like it's just tough because it would have been so cool if he actually made it but it's just like then it leads to a discussion of like who wins the hole and it sucks <laughs> right yeah i don't know it's still better than not playing golf at all so yeah that's yeah true. totally so obviously for you, you're prepping for the NFL. How has that changed things in terms of your schedule where you're practicing and how often you're able to practice? Yeah, so the county here has shut down kind of all the county parks. Um, so all the fields I usually go to are technically shut down. So that's kind of throwing a wrench in things right there because I need a lot of space to kind of get some punting, kicking. And so it kind of hurts there, but a lot of times we kind of do drill work around the house, um, go down in the front yard, do little kicks or whatever I can do, just try to kind of keep what I've what I've gotten through so far. Yeah, I was going to say, because for a guy like you, I mean, a quarterback, you can work on like some 10-yard throws, some some receivers, you can do some, some short distance stuff. But I mean, for you, your bread and butter is you got to use at least 40 yards pretty much. So I guess that kind of throws a wrench in everything with you. You got an invite to the combine. How was that whole experience? Uh, that experience is incredible. Um, it's just kind of great to be out there. Something that a lot of people dream about doing um, growing up playing football. So it's kind of cool to go out there, get the whole experience and just kind of have fun with a bunch of other punters that are really good. And even just the other athletes they see around um, and then even seeing Kendall Alden and um, Tristan out there was really cool as well. Was there anyone that you saw there where you were kind of like starstruck? Like I know Tristan Jackson, he had his whole thing with Chris Carter going on and I don't know, maybe it was was even just another player in college football, some big star that you were like, Whoa, like I'm around this guy right now. I would say not too much. um, Just because of the fact that I went to the home Depot awards show. So I kind of saw a lot of those guys like Chase Young, and Joe Burrow there. So it's kind of like seeing them again was like, it was cool, but I just, I don't really get starstruck too much to be honest. I don't know. I just kind of think of everyone as like 
almost the same part, like same as they want out. So what have they told you in regards to this whole draft process right now, if anything, because obviously that is kind of a bummer for you and throws a wrench in those type of plans. No, I haven't really heard too much. Like so far, it sounds like the draft is still happening. Um, 23rd through 25th so i think it'll be it's gonna be definitely a different draft than everyone's used to but you gotta make the most of it and just kind of enjoy it i know adam schefter threw out something where he said it would be cool for the nfl to experiment right now and do each round of the draft a different day as someone who's waiting for their name to be called is that something that you would like or not like i don't think I have too much of a preference to be honest on that um I don't know. I don't think it would matter too much to me. Like, it'd be kind of, you'd be anticipating kind of figuring out if you're getting drafted. Like, for me, like, if I'm going to get drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, But I don't don't think it would kind of mess up my mind too much. It wouldn't really matter to me, I don't think, too much. Have you had any contact with any NFL teams so far, or has this whole thing kind of dampened that aspect of it maybe a little bit? Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, I talked to quite a few coaches um, at the Combine. So you kind of get to know um, every coach there, and they get to know you. So you kind of figure out from there and kind of who have punters that are kind of secured on their rosters on who's looking for punters and kind of who's just there to kind of see if their punter gets injured or whatnot, kind of who they can pick up. Who are the teams that have had the most contact with you? I think right now it's the Falcons and Lions, I want to say, are the two most. Oh, so a couple dome stadiums. Yep. (laughs) So I guess we can sort of dive into some punter-specific questions now. I think it's just fascinating because obviously this is a different position than most growing up playing football, and I'm sure there's a lot of intricacies with it. But let's start – with kind of the Coles camp that you went to and just how you get rated throughout high school. How does it change things being a punter and going to those special teams camps? A lot of it's just, you get some great instruction along the way and everything. And then also just kind of getting the competition aspect of it against people who are in your grade to kind of see what you line up to them. And I've always been, big fan of competition I love competing against other people so I've always kind of enjoyed that aspect of going to those camps just kind of trying to beat the next guy and just trying to show that you kind of belong there when did you realize that you wanted to go sort of the special teams route of being a punter or kicker because you came to school as a kicker initially it looks like and then uh, you moved into that punter role so when did that kind of begin for you that that's the position you wanted to take well, so I started playing football, I think when I was about 10 years old. Um, and then seventh grade, I ended up breaking my leg playing tight end in practice. So then when I came back from my eighth grade year, I was like, all I'm going to do is kick and punt. That's all I want to do. So I did that eighth grade year all throughout high school. I did was All I did was kick and punt. And then when I got to Syracuse, I think they were looking at me kind of like a combo guy. Like, we'll see where he's needed in a sense. Um, so I kind of just got there and just try to basically do the best I can with whatever they wanted me to do, um, which led to punting and 
and I enjoyed it. It's a different position, but it can be a lot of fun. How much of punting is mental in your mind? I'd say a lot of it. It could be maybe less than kicking field goals, but um, with a position like that, it's pretty mental just in the sense of if you go out there and, and, I mean, you only have limited reps already as a punter. So if you go out there and have a bad punt, you've got to get out of your system and you can't dwell on it or else your next punt um, can also suffer from that. So it's kind of, it's pretty mental. Um, you just got to kind of figure out how to, how to move on and get to the next punt and perform better the next time. So there's a couple different punting styles out there. How did you choose the one that you use? Because you have more, like more of a pro-style approach, but we also see the Aussie-style punt as well. So how did you kind of settle on what your strategy is? It's from watching um, different people and kind of experimenting. So, I mean, being behind Riley for a year, um, he's someone who I've always loved his form, um, his way of kicking. So he's a guy that I've kind of tried to mimic quite a bit. Um, just from watching him up close and stuff like that. So he's definitely a guy that I've always tried to punt like. And then there's a few other guys out in the league who, you'll be like, okay, this guy does this really well, so I'm going to try to take this from him. So you just try to pick and choose because everyone's going to do stuff really good in the NFL. And then there's going to be a couple things where you're like, I don't know if I can do that, whether it's some type of athletic ability they have or their height. And then kind of just you're just trying to make the best version of you as you can from taking little pieces from different punters. Is there a guy in the NFL? I'm not going to let you say Riley. Is there a guy in the NFL <laughs> who you have who's like your favorite punter that you look up to a little bit? Uh, trying to think currently. I don't know if there's one currently. What about uh, all time? I was kind of looked up to i'd say pat maxi okay he's got a different form than i could ever do he's more of kind of if you watch him when he punts he's he goes all out and attacks the ball where riley's a lot more under control and just trying to kind of hit a turnover and just let the ball do the work so it's two totally different forms but he's just someone who obviously like he could have lasted a lot longer if he didn't have his knee problems and stuff so he's definitely a guy that you always got to try to find the guys who are in the league for a while or stick around for a while because those are the ones who, if you can kind of do what they do, you'll you'll do the same thing. You'll last a while as well. I know Pat did the NC State game. He broadcasted that that you guys played in this year. Have you gotten a chance to meet him before? Uh, nope, I haven't. Still haven't even at that game. I didn't. So he had oh, okay. one of the best punters in the country in that game, and he didn't come down and talk to you before <laughs> the game? I think some other people, some of the other specialists might say they saw him, but I don't know if where I was. I might not have been out or might not. I was just trying to kind of get warmed up too, so I wasn't really focusing on trying to find Pat, but I don't know. Kind of feels like journalistic irresponsibility there, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for for us that sit at home on our couches on, on Saturdays and Sundays, what do we not know about punting that is just kind of second nature for a guy like you? I don't know. I think I'd say probably there's a lot more that goes into it than kind of people think. Even in the situation of a punt, the different things you have to think of, such as, like, everyone knows, like, if you're sitting at home, you can't really tell about the wind, so you don't know about that. 
but there's a lot that goes into it about where you're positioned on the field, kind of who the returner is, what type of team they are, if they're a rush team or if they're a hold-up team. So there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into kind of what kind of punt we want to hit and what type, like what the situation exactly is. So I'd say that's kind of one thing that a lot of people who might be sitting at home don't really notice because a lot of people just, they might not pay that much attention to a punt because they're like, oh, it's just, it's not that complicated, but there's a lot of it that goes on behind the scenes. All right. So let's go through a little scenario here from what you remember, at least let's say, okay, you're punting against Clemson. It's the third quarter. You guys are down 10 or something like that. What, what's the, what's going through your mind? And, and we're, we'll say it's in the dome too. So take the wind out of it. Uh, well, so Clemson all, all year, their big holdup team, their whole, their whole motto basically was get the ball back for their offense. Cause obviously they got tons of weapons on offense. So, I mean, I can tell you that for instance, against Clemson, so I know Mari Rogers was back there for a couple of punt returns and he's the guy who is explosive and dynamic. So I was like really trying to take him out of the game. So a lot of hang time on those. But then later on in the game, I want to say it's probably my last punt of the game this past year. I looked back at who the returner was. And I think it was Sweeney's son. So I'm like, oh, well. yep. So I'm <laughs> like, he's probably not really going to return the football because we're already down by quite a bit, I want to say. So yeah. there's more of a, let's see kind of how far I can punt this football because of the fact that they're up so much, they're not going to risk injury on blocking our guys. So there's kind of, it's easier for our guys to get down the field to kind of force a fair catch. So that's kind of stuff that goes, goes on behind the scenes right there. So when you go to practice, I'm kind of curious because obviously your practice is different than a quarterback or a wide receiver. What was a typical practice for you? And like, what are some little things you'd be working on throughout the season? Yeah, so it really depends on what days of the week. So Tuesdays, since that's our first day back from a game, because we have Mondays off, would be kind of the big kicking day. It's where that'd be where I get most of my work in. So that's when we have team. That's when I work on stuff individually and stuff like that. And then kind of outside of that, I don't really – there's a lot of sitting around at practice just trying to find things to do, like different mm-hmm. drills to kind of go through to – kind of increase your consistency especially if you're struggling on a certain uh situation that's when you really want to work on it so that's kind of typical tuesday then wednesday i actually this past year i had class uh during practice so i didn't actually go to practice at all so it's like my middle of the week off day which i really actually kind of enjoyed and then thursday since it's shorter practice there's kind of less sitting around and but there's also less reps it's a shorter practice, but less reps. So you're just trying to get more drill work in overall and kind of be as productive as possible. And then Friday is just a walkthrough. So get warmed up, hit your team punts, and then just relax and wait for Saturday. So when you're sitting around at practice, and I'm sure it's what, you, Andre, Schmidt, and then um, you got probably what, Nolan Cooney over there with you as well. What are you guys doing to kill the time? Uh, sometimes we just toss the football around come up with different things to talk about. Um, Noel and I will play what we call punt pass to where you stand about 10 yards apart and all you're trying to do is drive us, not drive a spiral, but hit a spiral 
straight at the other person's chest. So it's really just working on ball contact. Um, so that's one thing we'll work on because it doesn't really tire out your leg too much. So it's kind of basic things like that that we'll kind of work on. All right. So I'm a Patriots fan, and I know, I'm sure you know, Bill Belichick's philosophy on lefty punters and how it seems like he's always had a lefty punter, although I think they didn't have one this past year. But if Belichick came up to what's your pitch to Belichick, given that you are a righty punter, but obviously that'd still be a cool organization to play for. Right. I think his philosophy made a lot of sense. I'd say probably back when he first kind of thought of it. Cause I don't know if I'm not sure when jug machines came around. So you wouldn't be able to get the, lefty spiral because it, it does spiral different it looks different it comes down a lot different yeah. than a righty so it makes it, it made sense but i think ever since kind of jugs machines were invented and you could kind of flip the spiral you can kind of get uh the, the returners working on that from the jugs machine and kind of getting used to the different spiral technique um so but like back back in the day i could see where that that could actually throw returners off. And then, but you also have to think about how a, really a punt return is probably one of your best players on the field, both athletically and he has great hand eye coordination, great catching, great hands. So I'm not sure how effective it was over the years, but I could see where it could work. But overall, I'd just say kind of the fact that. Um, it's just something I've been doing for a long time and it's something I put a lot of pride into and focus on hang time, distance, direction, try to take the returner out of the game. That's an interesting answer to that. I, like I'd never even thought about how the, the spin might be different. Like that's the type of stuff you get from a punter. So appreciate that answer. <laughs> um, so when you're, I mean, this happens from time to time and especially for you too, cause you also did kickoffs as well. When you're one-on-one in the open field, is it, like, like for you personally, is it kind of, oh, shit, or are you, like, actually going to go try to make the tackle? Oh, 100% going to go try to make the tackle. But, but the key, <laughs> the real key there is you try and, like, on kickoff, you try not to create too much space between you and your line that is running down the field because space is your biggest enemy in that type of situation. If you put me one-on-one with some kick returner and a bunch of space nine times out of ten i'm gonna lose just because there's so much space to work with so it's all about cutting down the space and just trying to keep them bottled up and then even if i miss the tackle just trying to make them change direction so that my my other safeties on both sides of me can make a play so it's all about either making a play or at least slowing the person down have you ever had one of those like oh shit moments where you are just one on one and it's like it's you or nothing? I don't know if I have um in my career. If I did, it's probably on one of on a punt. Because kickoff, I was always kind of down there quite a bit. I never really worried too much about him getting like beating all eleven of us. So yeah. I'd say if I did, it's probably on a punt, but I can't remember for sure. I think that's that's a testament to your to your skill as a punter right there because you get enough hang time where you don't put yourself in those kind of situations as well. Um, for you as a punter, what is it like playing for a coach in Dino Babers who is one of the most aggressive in the country at going for it on fourth down? It's interesting because you always kind of got to be ready, but then you never know for sure if 
you're going to be put into the game or he'll go for it. So it's kind of, you got to be ready to go, but then there's also the chance that you're not going to go out there. So every time I just kind of took, I took each drive the same way where I was always ready to go in there to punt. Cause you always, it's weird to say that you always have to be ready to punt because you want your team to get first downs, but you're always, if you're not kind of ready to go in and like, like excited for it, then that's when you're not going to really perform as well. So it's kind of one of those weird situations where you just have to be ready anytime you guys are on offense, just in case the scenario comes up. All right, so there's part one of our conversation with Sterling Hoffrichter. We'll have part two tomorrow. Going to be a lot more Syracuse-centric stuff, including the time he forced and recovered a fumble, what that whole play was like. And we'll also do some rapid-fire fun questions with him as well, including something you may not know about Andre Schmidt, his fellow All-American kicker. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Syracuse podcast. If you want more draft insight, including... Who knows, maybe a little bit about where Sterling Hoffrichter might go in the draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. For Tim and Sterling, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you with Sterling Hoffrichter a little bit more tomorrow.